Welcome to Garth Mann. In order to be a member of Alpha Sigma Rho, one has to do what? To stay in Garth Manor one night. And why is this night so special? Because 12 years ago, Raymond Garth murdered his family here and then committed suicide. And when the police arrived, they discovered a note written by Raymond Garth describing the entire gruesome act. But strangely, they only discovered three dead bodies. Andrew is still believed by some to be living somewhere within this house. Society's 31 Days of Horror. Yo, yo, welcome back to the show, everybody. Another day of ESP's 31 Days of Horror. You heard Mike, you heard Cliff, and you heard Brian a few times. But we got a new voice for you guys to listen to. We got uh, the one and only Desmond from Desmond's Flicks. What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, dude, thank you so much for having me on your uh, Friday the 13th episode. If you guys haven't heard that and you're not listening to Desmond's Flicks or listening and watching his videos on YouTube, same title, uh, you better get on it because, dude, that was fun. I mean, oh, yeah, I said it yeah. on there. I could have we could have went all night <laughs> <laughs> easily. And um, yeah, that was a blast doing that with you and just, you know, talking Friday the 13th and slashers and um and it was cool that you know the film we're going to talk about today was actually brought up when we were talking about Friday the 13th yes and uh if you guys didn't hear that go back and listen to it uh before you hear that we did talk about the 1981 Linda Blair classic Hell Night from the creator of Halloween and the star of The Exorcist, Linda Blair in Hell Night. Garth Manor, where the unseen, the unspeakable, hides its terror in cobwebbed corridors. Linda Blair, Vincent Van Patten, and Peter Barton in Hell Night. From Compass International, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. This was a film I caught at the tail end of its run in the theater. Uh, I know uh, walking to the bus stop, uh, I saw the poster and I'm like, oh, cool, looks awesome. And uh, I mean, I really loved the artwork of uh, the 80s horror uh, poster poster artwork. It was always amazing. I never really knew who did all these uh, these awesome drawings. I have met a few uh, throughout uh, my time going to conventions, but I mean, I really loved this this poster i mean it, it to me it, it spooked me out the first time i had seen it and uh looking at it right now i mean it's still pretty creepy man i, I really enjoy these these 80s i know a lot of you younger listeners call it uh the 80s cheese but you got to think <laughs> of the time come on it was 1981 the beginning of the 80s but uh i love this film when was the first time you had seen it Oh man, I got introduced to this only about a year ago and I immediately fell in love with it, um, knew nothing about it. And, um, the fact that Linda Blair and Peter Barton are in it, I was like, oh, I'm sold. Um, 
And I, I agree with you that artwork for a hell night is so perfect. It's like it encapsulates the entire mood of the, of the film. And as you were talking about artwork from the eighties, that was a time where you would go into the video store and you would pick the movie off a shelf based off of the cover alone. And I know for a fact, if I saw this when I was a kid going to like Blockbuster or Hollywood video, I would have picked this one up just based on the artwork alone. Yeah. A lot of, um, Oh, I mean, eighties films, uh, stuff that I just, I didn't get out to see when it was in the theater. Um, yeah, man, you, you just see the, 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 the artwork on the box and you're going, yeah. oh, this looks cool. I mean, there was times where I didn't even read what it was about. I just love the cover. Oh, this looks awesome. Let me, let me uh, take it home and watch it. Uh, I think one that I can remember offhand was, uh, I believe it was Slumber Party Massacre 2. Oh, yeah. From what I can remember, if, I, if I'm thinking of, of, of the right, uh, I think there was three of them. I can't remember how many, but there's a guy standing there. kind of looks like a vampire type. Type. He's holding a guitar, and it's got a drill bit, and there's girls <laughs> at his feet. I just I saw the first one, and uh, I just I remember seeing the cover going, whoa, man. I mean, I, the first one's cheesy, and I love it, but I was like, man, this looks sweet. Hey, what the, the I know a lot of people like it, but uh, I thought the cover – the art, the, the it was actually a picture on the box <laughs> was better than the movie. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean the, the, it was always hit and miss. I mean especially with, during the VHS days, or even when it rolled down into the the DVDs. You, I still remember when uh, we had. That sucks that we don't have uh, rental places anymore. I know Red Blocks or Red Box and streaming and all that kind of took over, but I loved going in and just finding hidden treasures. Yeah, of stuff you never even heard of. So, because I usually st- when I do find something uh, other like on Netflix, or you just gotta scroll and scroll and scroll. I think you spend more time trying to find a movie to watch than actually watching one. But, oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, but nothing, nothing, and nothing beat the uh, the video store days of just walking in there and just just going through the horror section and just. Going down, starting from A and going all the way to Z. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was the best. <laughs> um, but this film, yes, this was one, um, like I said, I saw the poster. There was a show that used to come on on Sunday nights called uh, At the At the Movies. It was uh, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. They mm-hmm. uh, just reviewed movies. It was like they just, it was either thumbs up or thumbs down. From what I remember, I want to say they gave this movie a uh, thumbs down but from uh the scenes that i had seen in it i've i remember the scenes they show because when i watch this film that that's all i remember uh there's a scene where um one of the uh the killers that, that are chasing everyone in the house opens up a door it's basically at the end i remember that scene really clearly clearly with linda blair and then the, the next clip they showed was basically the ending when uh, that part with the with the gate, I'm like, wait, what? Well, <laughs> at the time watching it, I was like, oh, cool. But then when I finally saw the movie, I'm like, I I knew Man. I knew that was coming. But then I was like, well, when is this happening? And then, 
Oh man, they showed the ending in, in, in that. Those film. old trailers always did that too. They would like show half of the film. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, even today, um, a lot of trailers True. do that. They they show the whole the whole movie in it, and, and it sucks. I hate when they do that. But um, or the big twist with the uh, the Pet Cemetery remake, putting the twist in the trailer, things like that. Exactly. Ruins. Pet Cemetery. All right, uh, August twenty eighth, nineteen eighty one. Uh, this had a budget of one point four million. I mean, that seems a lot to us because we're not millionaires, but uh, in movie biz, probably nothing. It it made its money yeah. back, but it only made like two point three million. That was uh, within the U.S. Um, usually, these films, I mean, everybody just went to the movies because whatever was made was in the theater. So. Uh, I'm surprised this didn't make uh, much more, especially uh, early 80s horror, because there was one coming out like pretty much every other week. So, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. This this one this one was awesome, man. I mean, I loved it the first time I'd seen it, and then the old uh, USA Up All Night and stuff like that, and then, uh, then it kind of disappeared. It made its uh, little run on DVD, but then it was out of print for a long time. And uh, I never, I had it on VHS and it just kind of got beat up and, and broke. But I never really had it again. And then it finally came out on Blu-ray for the Scream Factory. And uh, I was stoked. I said, oh, I got to get it. I got to get it. So as soon as it came out, I ordered it. And um, it's actually a cool transfer. I mean, right before the film yeah. starts, they show uh, a little um, article saying that they got the actual film and they cleaned it up with the 4k scan but i guess there was some parts of the film that they had they, they tried to find an original film because usually um throughout time with these films they're shipped all over the place and they're playing at all kinds of theaters uh, the wear and tear of the film sometimes it breaks or maybe it melts uh there's i know you guys little guys young guys won't know see that anymore because everything's digital but there was times where the, the camera would heat up and just melt the film I've only seen that once out of all my movie-going experiences where the film just stopped and it just went, Bruh. I was like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but so they, they said they had a hard time finding it, but I guess um, they had to use uh, a standard version of it to put the clips that weren't so good into the film because I was like, wait a minute. Because when I was reading it, I was like, so did they cut stuff out? And then I read it again. They said no. They they added just standard footage. Um, for me, for my viewing, I, I couldn't tell what was 4K and what wasn't because it was still it was still a good transfer. I really loved it. Um, you can clearly tell that they used the film because it's got those uh lines every now and now and then in, in the film. So I really love that. But as far as all of that, the actors and actresses in this, we got Linda Blair. She plays Marty Gaines. Peter Barton as Jeff Reed, Vincent Van Patten as Seth, a Suki Goodwin as Denise Dunsmore, Kevin Brophy as Peter Bennett, and Jimmy Sturavant as Scott, and Jenny uh, Newman as Mae West. I loved everybody in this. I mean, it's 80s, man. I mean, other than Linda Blair, everyone knows her from Exorcist and things like Savage Streets, and then she just did a lot of other... Uh, not really exploitation films, but just uh, she she kind of was 
the early scream queen before we got um, yeah uh, before jamie lee kind of pretty much took over and everything so but oh uh, as far as that what did you think of the cast oh i love the cast um you know you got like you said linda blair but i love peter barton i think he whenever i see him in a film it's it's nice to see him because i feel like he I don't know. He adds this kind of boy next door type of attitude to the film. So you can totally get behind him. He seems like a nice dude. And so following him and Linda Blair, they just feel like regular kids, you know, having a good time. And um, so I, I like that aspect of the cast. And, um, you know, this this film, what I like about it so much is that it falls in line with a lot of the films that were coming out in 81, which for me, I feel like 81 is like the pinnacle of slashers because you have some of the best that have ever been made, like, you know, My Bloody Valentine and Happy Birthday to Me and Graduation Day, Hell Night. Um, you know, uh, you got uh, Friday the 13th Part 2. So it's just like all of these amazing slashers were all coming out in 81. And this definitely has that mixture of like classic slasher, but also like even more just like classic or even more classical horror type of theme to it. Um, it doesn't feel like the rest of the slashers that were exactly coming out that time, but they had the same type of vibe to it. Yeah, because what I liked about this, I mean, it wasn't, um, well, I guess they were kind of going towards the the more um, something was wrong with, with the person that, that was being the killer. Um, but I, I kind of didn't really think this was much of a, a slasher. I just thought it was more of a, a uh, haunted house type of mystery film with just some... Uh, light gore in it. I mean, this movie isn't really that gory. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, there there is some gruesome scenes, but there's there's cutaway scenes and there's scenes where they, you just don't see the person dying at all. You knew they died, but then you don't you don't see it. But um, they did pretty good. I think they were were really concentrating on more of uh cinematography. I, I'm learning. I learned all this from uh, the Blu-ray extras because the the director uh, Tom. Sure, we'll have this. Oh, thing. Tom DeSimone. Okay, yeah, good. Glad you're here because you can pronounce <laughs> names better than I can. <laughs> but from what I understand, he was a an early um, porn director, um, not the stuff that's out now. This is back in the day when the uh, adult film industry was actually films. There was plots, mm -hmm. there was acting, and and everything. But then you don't watch those. <laughs> I mean, I, I can appreciate the filmmaking of the old 70s uh, adult films or porn, whatever you want to call them. I mean, because they, they did have stories. They didn't make sense. But um, that's what this director was doing. But I think he was kind of getting tired of it. I think the only reason he did that, from what I understood, is he needed to get his foot in the door because nobody was, was wanting him for uh, the little indie things he was making. So... He goes, well, let me kind of get my foot in the door, people to know my name. So he started directing all these other uh, adult films. And I think, I believe this is his first uh, actual, like, to step away from that type of filming to get into horror. Because he goes, you know what, I'll make a horror movie. It'll be simple and easy. And it was far from that. He thought it was going to be easy and simple, but it was 
more of a challenge to other than to find uh, to write the story to to find an actual place to film it and to get his actors because usually I guess when with the adult stuff is like really need much all you need is a, a room or a couch a bed something and then just go <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean but it was cool he, he 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 really appreciated what he did and from after all these years he was talking about because yeah I mean I really uh, really love this film because it was tough to make but he made it and he's, he didn't think it was going to be uh, a classic like it is now because he goes I just thought it was going to be another movie and people were just going to forget about it he goes but he still gets people that come up to him and go hey man I really love Hell Night and he said that really makes him feel good uh, but back to Peter Barton he was a uh, guy that I had seen uh, like 60s and 70s uh, TV shows and he had yeah like, he had that boy next door type of face and mm-hmm. um, there was an interview with him on on the Blu-ray and man this guy has aged good yeah he has a little gray and wrinkles as 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 you're gonna get throughout time but he still looks like he can be a leading man I'm not sure if he acts anymore because from what I understand what he was saying in this was he didn't even want to do this film he wanted to quit acting he wanted to move back to new york and and just live his life but these guys were like no no come on you should do it you should do it It, it'll be easy and then this kind of kept him in california to do uh more acting he had done before after he had filmed this thing but uh he he was saying once it was done he was like man it was awesome he had a really good time working with linda blair and uh vincent uh van Patten as well as uh, Kevin Brophy. So he said that was, they were all really cool. They kind of opened up their door to him and said, yeah, man, just stay here, stay in California and, and keep acting. So he could continue this career. I don't know what he's doing now, but um, there's some more stuff that happens to him and Kevin Brophy. We'll get to that uh, at the end of this. But as far as the story from this is, um, course just 80s you want to be scared and and you want to see uh the the sex in it and and the blood and guts uh, of the 80s horror but i really love this one this one this one had a a story i mean it starts off with kids um or 20s probably early 20s late maybe 19 um they were all for uh, pledging a, a fraternity the alpha sigma rho and uh the president uh, Kevin Brophy's character, Peter Bennett, he is the, what, 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 the president of the right uh, of the fraternity. I don't know any of that stuff. Me either. I, uh, I, I, junior college was all I got. Uh, there was no fraternities in there. But um, so he's telling them, yeah, man, they're they're having a big party, and like, yeah, we just um, come on, everyone, party. And there's there's two guys that are pledging the fraternity. And that is uh, Jeff and uh, Seth. Um, and then they have uh, Marty, which is Linda Blair, and Denise. I think that was her name. No. Yeah, no, Denise. Uh, those two, I, they didn't really mention the, the sorority. They were pledging, but I guess it's all connected somehow. Uh, and how what they have to do, to because you know you always have to do something uh, pledge something, some something crazy. They always add to to get into this fraternity. And for this one was to spend one night in uh, a mansion. They they actually called it Hell Night, and they had to stay in the the Garth Manor. And 
get the, they get to this this place and it's real spooky because it's dark and everything. I really loved the lighting they did to make this house look really spooky because on the interviews when they're standing in front of the house, it did it looks all nice and cheerful like, because even the director yeah. was like, I didn't know because he said they got to the house and were like, I don't know if this house is gonna work, but then once it got dark. Went, oh, okay, it does work, and and the lighting helps, especially uh, the how they made it look all eerie and scary, and everything. like if you saw this on a dark night, you wouldn't even want to go in that house and in that into that big mansion. So, I believe that mansion is still there. It's somewhere uh, down in uh, I assume the L.A. area, but uh, I next time I'm down there, I'm gonna try to look for it. I like finding these these old yeah. places that where they film. Uh, uh, movies are you familiar with Witchboard? yeah yeah i am that house that they were in where all the craziness was happening mm-hmm. it seemed like it was a house way out in the middle of nowhere it's like right in a, a huge business district it's weird really <laughs> I, I mean the way they it's in a regular little neighborhood but you go like 100 feet to the left of it and there's just really main street and all these big business buildings. <laughs> but I'm sure that all wasn't there back when they filmed it. But uh, so I'm sure this house is somewhere where there's a, a lot of things going on. But so why that when they get there, Peter starts telling them the story of uh, this this guy that, that built the house and lived there. Uh, him and his wife were they wanted to have kids, so they they started having kids, and um, all they had four kids. Oh, was it you guys are four? Or three? I think so. Three or four, I can't remember. I want to say three. Uh, and they had kids, and they were all deformed. I'm sorry, four kids, uh, and they were all deformed. So I this they never really go into reasons why they, they came out deformed. Um, this might have been in the days of the the incest stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the brothers. Yeah, that's my that's what I would assume. <laughs> yeah, because all right, maybe one, but all four. So I, I don't know. They didn't really go into it. So yeah, this this guy that they owned the place was uh, Ramon Garth. So he they he just one day he just he just snapped. He couldn't handle it. And his born children uh, were all deformed. So he just he murders his wife and uh, three of his kids, and then uh, he had uh, three boys and uh, one girl. And uh, I guess um, Andrew was was the older the oldest boy. Um, he was he witnessed it all, but he didn't he didn't get killed because after his father murdered his brothers and his sister and his mom, he hung himself. So the legend was that Andrew was still living in this house uh, somewhere because they were saying there's tunnels and all kinds of stuff uh, under it. So I mean that was the story that Peter was telling them. To, to scare them. So they're like, oh, okay. So you go in there knowing all that, and then um, they drop the four off, and, and they're supposed to stay in this house. Um, if you were pledging a fraternity, would you do something like this? Me? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would. I would because I, I, I would think it would be fun. But, you know, I, I'd probably end up, <laughs> like one of our unfortunate characters in this movie. 
I, same with me. I mean, if I was to stay, I mean, I love watching these films. Like as as the person watching it, I mean, I loved sitting in the theater. The theater that I went, I grew up in, it was a black theater. So I mean, it was a predominantly black neighborhood, and it, this isn't a stereotype. Um, they spoke to the screen, especially during horror films. <laughs> like the oh man don't go in there oh you shouldn't have done that i mean i mean it was fun it, that's how i grew up going to the movies and i loved every minute of it i go to the movies now and everybody's quiet but <laughs> stuff like that because i remember when i'm sitting there watching this film i think it was me and my buddy was sitting there uh there was a lady a few rows back she goes oh uh-uh i wouldn't stay in that house i mean it's, <laughs> it's different if you lean over to your buddy and go no nah, I, I wouldn't do that but just blurting it out <laughs> so everybody hears it then especially when all chaos is going rant running rampant during this film is when she went off and other people started going off. i mean it's fun to do that i know some people don't like it when people talk in their theaters but i i guess you just got to get it <laughs> but it was always funny i mean it never bothered me i mean i i went to the theater expecting that and loving it for all the craziness that these people came with came up with so uh they're all staying at the house and then um they show a scene where peter scott and may west come back peter is the president of the fraternity and he comes back with his little sidekick and i assume just one of their girlfriends and they're like okay we rigged up the house with all kinds of stuff there's gonna be lights and, and speakers and everything and they're just gonna basically try to scare them all night because uh, they told him, they said, okay, we're going to lock you in this house and you can't leave here until dawn. And they said, and when they checked the time, it goes, that's six hours from now. Six hours doesn't seem, didn't seem very long. Right. So I was like, ah, I could probably do that, but I, mean, I could stay awake for six hours. And because I don't know, I mean, so I mean, once they get in the house, they're like, yeah, you can stay in any room. These old houses, especially if no one's living in them, I mean, they tend to get a, an old stench other than, other <laughs> yeah. than the dust and or even like the furniture i mean it was all old stuff i mean these guys musty just, exactly and these guys <laughs> just went right in and all right i'm gonna go lay naked in this old bed that no one slept i'm like oh, no. yeah you want to bang in this musty bed <laughs> uh, I, I, I couldn't do that <laughs> i mean I, I don't know, man. I mean, I stay at friends' houses and everything, and I, I, I like, I bring my own blankets. I, I, I don't know. It's just me. Maybe it's just a weird tick. I, I don't like using other people's blankets if I don't want. To, if if I don't, I don't know. That's just me, everybody. But uh, especially that, I would no way I would want to sleep in some old bed. I'd have went and found a chair or something and just sat in it or just walked around all night. But. Yeah, go explore the mansion. It looks pretty cool. I mean, you know, when you when you were mentioning like the way that uh, that that whole mansion looks, it's like I I could see someone just getting you know stuck in there for the night, just kind of going around checking out all of the nooks and crannies, and the fact and the fact that they're just like, eh, let's go upstairs and uh, you know do our business. I'm like, oh come on, explore a bit more. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really do anything. It was like once they went to that main part of the of the house, uh, but during the front door, they're like, "All right, man, we'll see you guys later." And uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> um, Seth and Denise just 
run upstairs and Denise is the party girl, the, the typical uh, let's party and, and do it chick. Um, and yeah, we all love that, especially in these films. There's always one in these films. There's always yeah. uh, somebody that just wants to party and just get naked. Um, nobody got naked in this film. So if you guys are going there to see that, there was none. So, but and you, you know when you when you brought up uh, Tom DeSimone, how he did like you know uh, adult films before this, it's interesting that this film has like. There's like pretty much, I don't think there's any nudity. There's no on-screen sex. It's not trashy. It's like, and compared to other early 80s slashers, this is probably like the least trashiest film. When you compare a director like the director for, for uh, Friday the 13th Part 5, who used to do porn and then moved over to horror, it's funny seeing how that movie's like way trashier than this. Yeah, um, not, now that you mentioned it, I didn't even think of any of that. But now that you mention it, I mean, maybe he got tired of that. But maybe yeah, I, which is cool because it's like it shows his range as a director because he went on to, it, and he's uncredited, but he went on to work on Savage Streets as a director as well. Um, but I mean, you know, he he had like a, a really good knack like you were mentioning earlier about cinematography you had a really good knack about how like okay this is how i want my my shot to be set up and it has like a classic feel to it yeah i mean everything because he he has done other other films i mean after hell night right. being, being his first one but um he had done concrete jungle but that was the prison girls uh, in prison and then Savage Streets again with Linda Blair. And uh, he also did an awesome film called Reform School Girls. Have you seen that one? I haven't seen that one. It's on my list, though. Check that one out. That one is awesome. And uh, I believe he did one of the Angel films. Uh, there was a little. That was weird about the 80s. Uh, Angel was a film about this little high school girl that was a prostitute on Hollywood Boulevard. Um. Yes, it was a movie, but that's like pedophile type of stuff. <laughs> right. There was more to that film, everyone, and they, they didn't show this girl getting naked or anything. But uh, if you can find it, Angel, I think there was three or four of them. Uh, I think uh, the first the 80s. Yeah, the first one was, <laughs> 80s was a different time, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I loved uh, what he did. Maybe he just got sick of. Uh, of, of doing porn because I can be more than than just a, a porn director so he I mean even the there wasn't really any sex scenes in this because once uh Seth and, and Denise just run upstairs they um Seth is just um, he just wants he's a typical blonde surfer California boy and he just wants to get stoned and party because yeah. he, he hooked up with the right girl she's got uh, coke and weed, and, and, and <laughs> well, he even asks her too at the beginning, like, "What else you got?" <laughs> yeah, she pulled out. She this girl came prepared. She didn't have much on, but she came through with coke, weed, and a little flask of Jack Daniels. So she was ready to party. And the music, she had a little radio thing that she brought with her too. Oh yeah, she pulled out like right out of her bra, man. See this girl, man, she's the party. <laughs> So you, this is why I would go in if I saw her. I'd be like, "Oh hell yeah, I'm going in." <laughs> I mean, but, it, but it was funny though because once they got up to the room and Seth was like had pretty much almost naked he was in his boxers and then she was like no wait a minute I want to talk 
And he's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> now you want to talk? He's like, you barely, you basically just stripped me to, to get me up here. And now you just want to talk? And she's like, <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, okay. Here as a little, oh, was I 10 years old watching this? I'm like, all right, here comes the, the, the titties. And now I got denied. <laughs> so, but yeah. I mean, but it was it was still cool. I mean, it was it was tasteful. Um, I know not all of us guys would be like, oh, hell no, I'm out of here." He was like, "All right, cool, whatever, cool." So he just started talking there about surfing. And then, yeah, it was actually really cool. He was like a really chill, like a yeah. super chill dude. Both of these guys are like like chill dudes, and the the girls in this are cute, but it's like not. Like we were saying earlier, not trashy. They're just like they—they they seem like they'd be college kids. Yeah, I mean, especially because um, those two are upstairs in well, one of the million rooms in the house, and Jeff and Marty, Linda Blair and Peter Barton, they're downstairs just hanging out in front of the fireplace. Uh, Peter or um, Jeff is one of those guys. He, he's a man, so he, of course, he. Hey, let me let me try to bust some moves on this girl, but. He was respectful because she was, she wasn't there for that. She just wanted mm-hmm. to get in the sorority and and let that be it. But men being men, not all of us are 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 dirty dogs. But hey, you, you try. <laughs> you get shot down, then all right, cool. Then you party, yeah. party on. Don't uh, don't force yourself on them. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Linda Blair is so cute in this. If I mean, come on, she's adorable. Yeah, I mean she's all she's all just suited up. Yeah, she's showing the cleavage and everything, but she's she's not setting off any vibes to like, yeah, come, yeah. come tear my clothes off or anything. No, she's just no, she's a little no, I'm good. I mean, I, if if we do it, we do it, then not not tonight. Not in this dirty, musty, old <laughs> dusty <Right>. house. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I really like how both uh Linda Blair and Peter Barton play off of each other because you can tell that they had like really striked up like a friendship off off screen so when they're acting together they seem like they're super into each other and they're you know being flirtatious and being all cute and they're both like being really cute with one another and i i love that aspect about this film that's what makes me enjoy it even more because as the film goes on i'm rooting for both of them to to make it out yeah, I mean, because they, they both worked off each other really good. These were two uh, well-trained actors. They weren't just, oh, this is an 80s horror movie. We, we don't want good acting. We just we just want blood, guts, and, and sex. I mean, they, yeah. no, they really picked uh, these actors because at this time you had seen these these actors in other films. So, I mean, especially Peter Vince, or Vincent uh, Van Patten, Um. I really loved him. He had done some earlier stuff. I want to say he was in a six million dollar man episode, but I do remember he was in uh, Rock and Roll High School. He was almost the same character in this, like just some young guy trying to get a uh, get the girl. Uh, but he he kind of was kind of typecast for a little while, especially in his earlier career. Uh, I believe he's still doing stuff. I'm not too sure what, but uh, his character. I mean, they both they both. Uh, Paired these characters up really good because I couldn't see Seth trying to get with uh, Marty. That yeah, that wouldn't have worked because Marty probably would have just slapped him. And I don't care. I want to. 
<laughs> he wouldn't have gotten away with any of that with her. Yeah, no way. And I don't think Jeff is the type of guy to try to tear Denise's clothes off. So yeah, no, it, it wouldn't have worked out. So why those two? Why those four are in the house just trying to get to know each other? Um, we got uh, Peter Scott and Mae West outside setting up uh, um, all the stuff. They're basically they they came back to. Uh, starts trying to scare the four of them that are in the, in the mansion. So they're like, okay, we got things spread out all over the house. We got trick well, trick wires and, and, and stuff like that. And they had also little control boxes outside to collect to, to make screams and, and door slam and things like that. So they're like, okay, yo, well, Peter tells Scott and Mae West, you guys, you guys go that way. And uh, I'm going to stay here and, and start. So, as uh, Scott and May are walking along this wall, the, she May falls into this hole, and uh, Scott tells her, "Goes, oh, there's lots of um, uh, kind of like um, uh, heating or ducts or something like that around the or, or air vents." They said because they kind of they go into the house and there's they go into tunnels, so just kind of be careful. Uh, when you hear that, of course, it's going to happen again. It's that you see all those coming, especially with the movies of the eighties. Where if they show you something early in the film, you know it's going to come back later. Yep. So they're like, okay, cool. So they're running around. Uh, they get, they kind of get everything set up. They go back to see Peter. No, Peter comes to see them because he he starts to set off. Uh, Peter starts setting off noises and stuff in the house, but uh, the boys inside they kind of figure out. When they start hearing it, they come running out in the hallway. Then they go, oh, well, let's go see, investigate where these noises are coming from. They find the speakers in the house, and they're like, ah, okay, these guys are just trying to scare us. So we know what's happening. So they kind of just dismantle the speakers because they didn't want to hear that screaming and yelling all night. Uh, They go back outside. Peter figures, like, ah, shit, they they know. So he finds Scott and May and goes, okay, I need to go to to plan two. I'm going to go. Uh, do this and you guys go over there and do that. Um, May, we want you to go to the front of the house and set uh, just kind of get things rolling. So she kind of heads to the front and this is when we know uh, something is happening. At this point, we don't know what's going on in the house. We just know that um, what each, each character is doing right now. So May's walking along and she falls into one of those little holes again. Or actually, um, she gets pulled down because we see some some dirty hands. Uh, it pulls her in, into the into a hole and goes into like this little chute under the house. And and right here, I think is one of the. It's cheesy and it's really fast, but I thought it was an awesome special effect. Um, yeah, because when May gets pulled under under the house, um, we really don't see what it is. You just see dirty hands or dirty feet, and she whoever she sees, she's just screaming and you hear grunting um you kind of they show the guy really quick he's in like looks like just beat up old rags that he's wearing but he has he's holding her head up against the wall and he's got this big uh meat cleaver it looked like and then he just chops her head off i had to pause that because it it, yeah other than it it, it was cool i mean it was a cool a cool scene because you see when she gets her head cut uh throat cut her, uh, her 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 body the torso part falls down so i paused <laughs> it um the actress uh Suki goodwin she has her head through a hole in the wall and you can clearly see 
the the head. Back to <laughs> our Friday the Thirteenth talk on 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 the Desert Show. <laughs> the latex doesn't match the skin tone of. Yep. <laughs> uh, you could go on the internet and see pictures of this <laughs> if if you hadn't watched the film, but. It it was cool. I'll give it to the guys. Of this, they probably filmed this in 80, 80, 1980, but it was awesome. It was a cool stunt. I loved when they have, uh, when they do stuff like this. When they have you just okay, just stick your head through here, and we'll we'll, we'll add the rest. <laughs> Again, the scene is really quick, so it's like if you blink, you're gonna miss it. But it was an and awesome it's the, scene. Yeah, and it and it's the best reason to not have a top ponytail because that's what he grabs her by. <laughs> <laughs> is her top ponytail yeah so i mean it was cool man it, it's real fast it's like seconds if that yeah but, but you can clearly see what happens um it's so fun it's just such a funny and fun and creative kill at least the way that they show it like it's been done so many times in other movies but the way that this is shot and just how goofy it is I, and you see no blood. There's no blood at all. It's just, it looks like a dummy falling. Um, and it's hilarious, but it also adds to the charm of the film. Yes. I mean, this this movie, I mean, there's blood in it, but it's not like. It's very little. Yeah. It's like over. they didn't go overboard. They didn't show up with gallons and gallons of blood. They might have showed up with a little, maybe a little bottle just to add some here and there but i mean yeah i mean especially something that kind of thing decapitating someone i've never done it or but i'm sure psh, gallons of i blood. would hope not <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> gallons of blood come shooting out <laughs> so that uh, denise is done i'm not denise uh may west she's done uh peter and scott are still running around outside setting off other traps uh, we go back in the house uh, Jeff and Marty are still kind of. I didn't really pay attention to what they were talking about. They were basically just talking about their lives. I mean, nothing to do uh, anything with what was happening in the house. Just basically, well, why'd you come to college and why did you do this? And it was a lot of that between those two. I mean, getting to know each other. Yeah, before I mean, if it's it's Jeff, he had to. All right, I just need to start keep talking because. Um, he his I he's a man, of course, and like oh, I'm gonna get her into the room, and then maybe she'll get scared, and yeah, it'll, you know, we can get it going. But nah, she wasn't having that, so she basically okay, uh, let's go to sleep. And this part was funny, and I'll give it to Jeff for being the man that he is. She goes, <laughs> there was two beds there. He goes, all right, it's bedtime. He's like, okay, so she kind of lays down and rolls over. He comes and sits down. And he just barely puts his hand on like on her on her hip, and she goes, "You lay over there." And, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> worth a try. Yeah, man, I, you, get, you, get, you, get, you get points for trying. <laughs> but she also kind of gives him a little smile, like that's cute. Okay, yeah. <laughs> nice try there. Yeah, <laughs> nice try, but nah, no cigar. Get going. <laughs> I mean, but the, I mean, that's that's the kind of cool guy he was. He was like, all right, I understand. And he went and uh, sat down over there. And I'm sure he wasn't even tired. He's like, ah, inside you're like, ah, you're mad. <laughs> but well, And you could tell that, like, he really likes her a lot because when shit starts to hit the fan, he's like, 
he's there with her. He's he's the one that, you know, not trying to jump ahead too far, but you know, he's always he's looking out for her, making sure she's okay. Which I'm like, all right, he like legit just really likes her too. Yeah, I mean that that was cool as well as Seth. I mean, yeah, he he was just wanting to party and uh, and bang this chick, but I mean he cared. He cared. He cared, he cared like, enough. Happened. To- yeah, I mean there were. I mean, other than his friends, I mean, he didn't. Re- he just met these girls tonight, especially uh, the girl he was with, man. But um, so once this is happening, um, they they start hearing screams again. So they kind of go outside or they go um, to to investigate on what it is. Um, uh, they leave. Um, Marty's in in the, in the room. They kind of okay. Well, you just stay here. We'll be back. And while she's sitting there, she kind of hears some noise, and, and the window kind of opens up, and uh, it's really windy outside, so it's just blowing in gusts of wind. And the thing that was cool, what I really liked about this, was the lighting to each to each room or throughout the house where they were. They were it was all lit up by candles, but you can clearly see there was. Uh, some kind of stage lighting to make the room a little bit brighter. Cause I'm sure all those candles didn't light up the room that good. And you know, it also, it also helps to be able to differentiate where you are within this mansion because you only see little portions of where they are, which, you know, is definitely indicative of their budget. And, you, you can always tell exactly where they are depending on either the uh, the prop design within the room or like what you were saying with the lighting. There's it, it looks a specific way within certain rooms depending on where the light's coming from. And I thought stuff like that was really cool. Just being able to orient yourself within this mansion. Well, even the, um, the lighting outside because um, once uh, they, they're outside, uh, especially uh, Jeff's character, or Peter Barton's character, Jeff, he goes outside because he 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 knows there's someone out there. Because he's like, all right, guys, we had enough, just knock it off and and let us stay here. He kind of goes and out into the little uh, the brush and everything, and it's dark out there. But um, we're made we're made to believe that it's like pitch black, or maybe maybe the moonlight is out there. But there he's out there, and lighting again is is key especially to uh when when you're shooting in the dark um my brother when he made his film i mean i I love it and everything but i told him i said did you really need it to to use some more lighting because he was just using lighting from a flashlight or the 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 light on the camera and it was kind of hard to see at times so but with these films i mean if what we see on the screen it doesn't look like it's lit up that much, but um, actually watching makings of films like this, you can clearly see they have tons of light all the way around mm-hmm. so everyone can see. And and it's really good. I love how they do their jobs with, with stuff like this, especially dealing with uh, being outside in the dark. And Scream Factory did a fantastic transfer on this film. Like I have an out of print DVD, um, which is okay. And then when I got the uh, the Scream Factory edition earlier this year, there's a big difference with how they've restored the film. It's like a lot brighter. Yeah, I have seen the um, the DVD cut, and I've also I mean the the VHS one that I had. I mean VHS was cool when, when it was out, but then the the wear and tear watching it and watching right it it starts to lose its clarity, and it got really dark at parts. 
So, I mean, there were some scenes where you, you knew they were outside because you couldn't see much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but, I mean, when, um, with, with the digital age uh, of Blu-ray and the, and the 4Ks and all that, they really take these old films and, and really clean them up. I think the, the best that I can speak for is, um, is Jaws. I mean, that was out. And that was in, in the seventy mid seventies, and that film was was beat to hell. When I, I watched them, how they cleaned it up uh, to put it into a Blu-ray form, they had to run the film through water. It was some kind of technique that they did, and it got rid of all the scratches and everything in the film. And then they scanned that. So I'm pretty sure that's how uh, they did this because they did take the actual film reels and run it through and scan it all. So. I mean, these guys earn every penny they make when they get these old films and uh, put them out for us in these awesome uh, 4K scans. So, I mean, I, I really love Scream Factory, Shout Factory, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they do an excellent job with all this old uh, 80s horror films that they put out. Yeah. So, uh, they're outside. They, they figure out, okay, um, Peter or Jeff finds uh, the little uh, trigger, trigger trigger box that's setting off the sounds. And then he goes, oh, okay. So they go back inside. They start hearing more noises and everything. So Seth and Jeff uh, run into the hallway. They leave uh, Marty in the room. And this is when we get, this actually looked creepy. I mean, I'd seen this a million times, but watching it um, last night, I got like it took me back to that first time I had seen uh, this image because it did look creepy. I mean, uh, it was a, a ghost image of, of supposedly uh, uh, Ramon Ramon Garth, the owner of the mansion. He looked all zombie skullish, and he was um, damn. I wish I had some. Anyway, he's <laughs> he's uh, he was walking along, and and he was looking all creepy. I mean. Just image it in in my head and watching it again, uh, that 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 would scare me. I mean, oh, it, yeah. it, it looks spooky. Uh, uh, yes, it looks cheesy, especially with, with how good they clean this film up. Right, it, it looks so clear, and you can see the the the, the scratches or the 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 makeup effect. Basically, someone just wearing a, a mask and old timing clothes coming at you. So. And it was like, it reminded me of what they do over in uh, Disneyland with the, uh, yeah, with the Haunted Mansion. Like seeing that in person is so cool, but also like it's creepy at the same time because it feels like it's right there. So I could see someone totally losing their shit if they saw like this ghost (laughs) walking towards them. So when she flips out, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be like, all right, fuck that. I'm out. <laughs> that that's that's one thing. I mean, I I say this during every horror film I watch. When something is coming towards you, I'd be different if you're in a room where there's nothing in it. But when you're in a room with a ton of things all around you, my first uh, thing I would do grab whatever I can get a hold of and just start throwing, <laughs> throwing things. Um, yes, it was a ghost, but hey, man, you don't just stand there and let it get you. <laughs> but it was really cool, man, especially in, in these films. I loved how they how they do that. I mean, yeah, in, in 
going back to the haunted mansion at disneyland um it, it's cheesy and everything but it, it looks awesome i mean especially when you go into that yeah. one that one dining room and they're all flying around and dancing in the air and, and everything or even the ones that when you go past those mirrors and they're sitting next to you i mean that just looks awesome I mean, I haven't been to Disneyland in a while, but that's always something that we always go into. Um, but yeah, that's totally what this scene was. It was just haunted mansion with that that ghost coming at you. Yeah. I wish they would have done more stuff like that in this. And they, um, they explained the screams because we found the speakers. But uh, what projected that? I mean, they were, what kind of camera did they use to make it look awesome? But. Uh, right. Uh, they, I don't right. Know, they didn't, never explained. They, no, they they didn't they didn't find it. <laughs> so uh they they kind of she comes busting out and they go, What happened? Oh, there was something in there, it was coming at me. Uh I know it's fake, but it still scared her. So they're like, Well, these guys are out here and they're still uh trying to scare us. So uh, we go back to they're all the it's Jeff, Marty and Seth are together and uh, Denise is back in the room. So the camera goes back in. Denise is laying there, and we see someone. You see the camera, the first-person view. You know somebody's coming. And like, uh-oh, what's coming? And then she gets really close to her, and then she kind of opens her eyes, and ah, that's stuff a scream, and these hands grab her. So they come rushing back in because they hear the scream, and they find out, no, 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 no. Uh, when Jeff comes back in, not Jeff, Seth, he comes back in. And like, oh, where are you? Where are you? And he kind of touches the bed. And he doesn't feel her, and then he moves the covers, and he sees uh, a head. But it's it's not Denise. It's it's right. May. It's May West's head. <laughs> so, and again, an awesome effect it is totally uh, this actress uh, Jenny Newman. Her just sticking her head through a hole in the mattress <laughs> again, sticking her whole her, her head through a hole somewhere. Yeah. Just all right. <laughs> An awesome effect. I mean, of course. I mean, there would be blood everywhere, but no, there was just a, a good just a head, just, just yeah, a head and a little fair amount of blood. <laughs> yeah. But that was cool. It, it was a cool effect. I mean, I loved when they do those. She stuck her head through a wall when he got her head cut off. Now, stick my head through the bed. <laughs> see that's how cool it was. all these guys that, that, that do these special effects especially and i know they still do it today um but with cgi and everything i to me that kind of ruins some of the kills when they do cgi yeah it just doesn't look right it, they, no one's done it good to where like oh man that looked real and, you know, not to take anything away from CGI effects because that's a lot of work in itself. Like, yes. I, I don't know how to do that. Um, Me neither. But there's like, I, I think what it is with practical effects is that it feels so much more tangible and you can tell the difference unless it's like amazing level of CGI, like, you know, Marvel movie CGI. You know, just your average horror film is never going to get to that height of having that good. And so when you have practical effects, it's just, it's more tangible and there's a certain kind of charm to it where you know people use their hands to make this. Yeah, I mean, let's say um, the this year's Child's Play. There was a little CGI, but there was a lot of practical effects in that. Right. 
And right. Which was amazing. I like I said this on our show when we were talking about it. I went in ready to hate that movie because I just because for my love for the original one. But when that when I came out, like, man, that movie was awesome. I'm, yeah, because there, but there, of course there was CGI, but they didn't go overboard with it. It was, there was a lot, a lot of practical effects. And that's what I really love. It didn't. Of course, they look fake, but I mean, it's cool, man. I mean, it was hats off to those guys and everybody that does special effects. Um, and the guys that, that that worked on this film, man, it was awesome. I couldn't tell you who who did the effects, but it was cool. So, uh, Seth goes screaming out of the room. Ah, what happened? Ours? Ah, there's a girl's head in there, and, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "Well, where's Denise? I don't know." <laughs> But there's some girls that in here. Yeah. So they're like, well, what are we going to do? And they're like, well, let's get the hell out of here. So they all kind of go run into the gate. Well, Seth is like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I'm out of here. So he kind of <laughs> yeah. he puts on his clothes and his boots and everything and goes hauling ass out of the house. But then Jeff and Marty go running after him and they get to the gate. Um, That was a funny thing that I learned watching the extras on this. Uh, The gate to the to the grounds of, of where the mansion is. In the movie, it looks like it's just like a few feet away from the, right. the front steps. They said it was actually a mile, um, half a mile. Right. Uh, and they had to run that whole thing, like go back and forth and back and forth. I didn't know that either until I watched the uh, the special features for this. Yeah, man. If I had to run uh, a half a mile to the gate, I would have stayed there. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't well, imagine how many takes, too. Yeah. So <laughs> You're like, they, all right, get my cardio in today, I guess. They uh, they 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 haul balls down to the gate and uh, they get there and they're like, oh, man, what, what are we going to do? And then they go, well, we got to try to get out of here. So Seth is trying to climb over and Marty's goes, well, here, help me over. There's no way Marty's getting over that thing. But I yeah. like these old style gates. I'm sure it was made for this movie, but at the very top. Uh, the, it's basically like uh, spear spearhead, so it's all super, uh, super sharp. They didn't look really pointy. They were pointy, but they didn't look that sharp. They didn't look that uh, pointy. I'm sure it would impale you if you fell on them. But uh, obviously, one of them was razor razor sharp because when Seth gets to the top, he kind of holds it and he cuts himself. But he's got the adrenaline pumped in. He's scared. I'm getting the hell out of here. He makes it over. The fence. He gets a few cuts and bumps on him, but he, he gets over and he tells him, Look, I'm gonna go get help, so you guys stay here. So he just hauls ass down the road. And uh Marty and Jeff are like, Well, well, we can wait here or we can go back in the house. So they're like, All right, well let's go back in. I love how they look walking yeah. up. The the music, I mean the music was really eerie through every scene and and all these, especially during this, they're like hugging up, like both super scared. The 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 terror on their faces, just basically just looking at the house. But they're walking super slow, holding on to each other, going up step by step by step until they get back inside. I mean, that scene did take a, a few a little too long, but it was cool. Um, I really yeah. loved it. I loved, like I've said earlier, I, I love the cinematography of this it wasn't just okay you guys go up those stairs and then we'll move on to the next scene um this director and whoever his cinematographer were i believe was a mac allenberg they really did a good job uh with just scenes that were really nothing it was just them walking into the house but they shot it and it looked really good so they get back in the house 
And they're like, well, we, we're just going to have to wait. They're not too sure what's happening. Um, I got to go back a little bit <laughs> because I, I skipped over uh, two deaths. Um, before, uh, before Jeff and all those guys take off out of the house, uh, Scott and uh, Peter are, um, right. are, are, are lurking around. Peter goes up to the roof and he's like, okay, you go up there and we, they had some some more booby traps and everything that we're going to set. So while Peter is setting up something, was it a just a body they were going to throw down? Yeah, I think it was something like that. Um, so Peter's like tinkering around with whatever he's messing with, but uh, you get that first person shot of, oh, excuse me, of somebody like peeking around the corner and then slowly moving forward. I love... I mean, they still do that in movies today, but I loved when they did that um, in these 80s horror films. You know, the the Halloween shot. Yeah, you know, okay, this is the something bad's coming that's coming towards this guy. And you never you don't see it coming. He that uh, the 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 person on the screen doesn't see it coming because they're doing whatever. I don't know about you or any of you listeners, but I when someone's around me, I can sense that there's somebody there and i just most of the time when i turn around and look there is someone like in the room or right <laughs> so. yeah you can just feel it i i don't like people standing behind me i'm like you gotta be like you gotta be in my peripherals yeah. <laughs> i don't like that either <laughs> stay in my peripherals yeah. <laughs> so um it, it turns out to be um I believe Andrew was the name of the the, the little mongoloid that's running around. <laughs> okay, now I feel better about thinking that in my head. <laughs> well, that's what they that's what they called him. <laughs> so, I know, I know. I, it was just like I I thought of that while I was watching it. I'm like, is that is that okay to say that? I'm like, I don't know, but that's what they call him. <laughs> I did, these aren't my words, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, it was the eighties. <laughs> yeah, it was the eighties. Different time, like I always say, and blame the guys who wrote the story. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he um he comes up behind him, and ah, and I love this special effect as well. We'd seen it already a billion times throughout the eighties. Of Scott gets all scared. Andrew, I believe it's Andrew. He grabs him and then just twists his head. Yeah, and it's awesome. Of course, it, it looks fake. You can clearly see it's a dummy where he spins his head around, and then the body hits the ground. And when but the- still, so like it's so satisfying. Oh yeah, I mean especially the sound it makes. Yeah, <laughs> and then he just then he just thud a thud to the to the rooftop. <laughs> Which was cool, and I love this. My wife kind of pointed it out too. She goes, "Look, she was like, it's cool because he's laying there. The actor is laying there, and he had to put his clothes on backwards." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my wife was kind of half watching this and doing something as I was watching it, but uh, I, I thought that in my head too. But she, she just said it out loud. So, but that was cool, <laughs> man. I liked that. I mean, that it was cool. It wasn't just uh, a shot of the dummy laying there. It was that the actual actor. Okay, here, put your shirt on backwards and lay down and put this little trickle of blood in your mouth. See that that was one of the blood things right there. I mean, it was just a little yeah. a little trickle coming out of his mouth. It wasn't like a big old pool. He was laying there vomiting blood everywhere. Yeah, that wouldn't have worked in this movie. That's what I like about this film is that it's 
a pretty much bloodless and boobless movie. Like you don't see any boobs, you don't see any blood. So there's like this, it feels more like a you know, classic horror film and more classy. It, but it, it worked in this film. Yeah. It works so well in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it didn't need all that blood and, and the boobs and everything. So, I mean, that's what was cool about about Hell Night. So, uh, he's dead. We go back downstairs. Peter's kind of figuring everything, trying to figure stuff out. And uh, he runs into, oh, no, no, no. He goes up to the roof because he, he's trying to look for Scott. And he climbs up under the roof. And then he's looking around. He doesn't see him. He goes over to the to the ledge where he's supposed to be. And. He starts winding up the, the little wire that's, uh, I guess they had was supposed to have something hanging there. He rolls it and then till it stops, and then he looks. Oh, he gets his flashlight, shines it over, and uh, you see uh, the, the the body of Scott, and he's kind of yeah. looking up, which is cool. Another thing, just that same little trickle of blood in here, and then this is when Peter ah he gets all scared and he runs and uh, and takes off and runs down, uh, climbs down the ladder. Uh, I don't know if you ever climbed down those type of those rope ladders. They're not. I stable. haven't, but that doesn't look easy to go down. And they're not the stablest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially if you're trying to hurry and be fast because you're scared. I don't know. I mean, my friend had one to his treehouse, and that was a pain in the butt to go up and down. <laughs> so, but it was cool. I loved what they did there. I mean, especially that was what three story mansion. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they um, he runs down and he's like all scared and then he's running through. This is I thought was stupid. Um, there's a big huge maze in the back of, of the um, of a mansion hedge maze. So he goes running in that like ah he doesn't know what's going on. He's just trying to be quiet. And this is another thing when you're running for your life from some killer. Turn your flashlight off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah turn your flashlight off and don't go into a hedge maze <laughs> and just try to be as quiet as you can i mean they're all <laughs> i mean of course you're running for your life but <laughs> i mean it, it, but, I mean, that's the magic of movies <laughs> you love it i mean because even still i mean i i can hear those people in the audience turn your flashlight off <laughs> you're right <laughs> i'm thinking it but then someone in the audience yells it out so he kind of he kind of sees something somebody kind of like rushes by really quick he gets scared and hides and then when he spins around there's someone standing there he no, he shines his flashlight and it's just this hideous looking face which isn't actually that bad once you if you pause and look at it i mean he looks like he's got a big bump on his head but that's it i mean you can clearly see it's just some actor with dark makeup around his eyes and messed up teeth but he's got one of those um one of those things that the grim reaper carries around uh, oh uh a sickle yeah hold on what'd you call it it's a sickle right hold on my wife said something. what did you call it scythe or sickle i don't know oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's probably that's closer for sure yeah, whatever it is, it was one of those things. The thing the Grim Reaper carries around, and he gets it right to the gut or basically in the chest somewhere. Uh, that's the end of Peter. Another awesome effect. I mean, you can clearly see it's a dummy, and it gets it, uh, uh, stuck in it or stuck in him. So he he's, he's down for the count. Uh, we go back into the house, and this is when everybody is, ah, and they, and they find the head of uh, Mae West, and then 
Seth takes off, runs down the road after he gets over the gate. Marty and Jeff are in the house, and they're still trying to figure out, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to die here? What's happening? And they're just, it's all right. We'll make it. We'll make it. Seth will be back. Just trying to. And then another, this is another thing. Jeff was so cool. He was, he was trying to calm her down. Like, it, it's all right. It's all right. We're, we're going to be fine. So, yeah. I mean, that's how cool he was. He didn't like, ah, what are we going to, he didn't. There's been plenty of movies where not just guy, if it's not the girls, it's some guy like flipping out. Like, let's talk about Bill Paxton's character in Aliens. How, ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just lost. Can't it. even keep it together. Yeah. So, I mean, he was, he, I'm, Jeff was scared, but he was like, other than, you know what, I, I got I to gotta be calm so she'll be calm. Because she wasn't uh, irate or anything. She wasn't uh, just didn't know what was happening. I think if Denise was in this. Uh, in this oh, movie, yeah. Forget about it. Yeah, she would ah, have been screaming and screaming and crying. So uh, Marty held it together. She, she's a tough girl. Linda Blair is, is that tough girl. Um, have you ever met her? I haven't. I haven't had the chance to meet her at a con yet. She's really short, and she's just lovable, and you just want to hug her. Um, I just kind of waved, "Hey, how you doing?" That, that was about it. But I talked to her for a little bit, but because um, she, I saw her when she was standing, and I was like, "Man, she's little." But <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, same thing with uh, Linnea Quigley. She's so she's tiny, and she's so sweet. I will be meeting her next week in uh, Riverside. There is oh, uh, nice. some some kind of con that uh, my brother wants me to go with him to. Uh, Dark Side and Riverside, I think that's what it's called. They're having, oh, right on. They're having, it's a three-day deal. We're only going Saturday. He's They're having, um, what's that movie called? Night of the Demons uh, reunion. So pretty much. Oh, cool! All, yeah, yeah, all, all the main movie. people in that are are gonna be there as well as the director, and uh, she'll be there. I've never met her, and I, from what I hear, everyone says she's really cool. Uh, yeah, I want her to sign my um, Return of the Living Dead uh, Blu-ray. So, oh, I'll, nice! I'll bring that down there. But uh, so they're in the house, just trying to just keep each other cool, and then um, Jeff starts looking out the window. He goes, "Hey, I can see a light outside." So. He's like, I, I just got to go investigate. And I mean, that's how brave Jeff is. Me, if I saw that light outside, I would have just left that light outside. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. I'd be like, it's cool. I'm going to wait until Seth gets back. Yeah. We're just going to chill. <laughs> go from there. <laughs> uh, but it's a movie and you want more scares. So Jeff's because Linda Blair or Marty's like, no, no, just stay here. What if you die? And, oh, I'll be all right. I'll be all right, babe. And just, just stay here. So he goes out there. And I don't know how he saw it. I mean, if because it, it was in the hedge maze, in the hedge maze, so maybe these hedges weren't very that, that high, or maybe he they was so high up he can look right down into it. So he goes outside really quick. He went out the window in the room they were in, and it was ground level. And then. Who knows? Maybe they went up to another higher floor, and I don't know. I'm just putting this together, everybody. But anyway, so he goes outside, and uh, he 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 finds the flashlight. When he finds it, this is when he finds his um, the body of Peter, the the guy who got it with the sickle, sigh, whatever you want to call it, uh, the Grim Reaper tool. 
he finds that him there and then he ah he runs and uh he runs back into the house and then he kind of just keeps it quiet he doesn't he doesn't say anything right he's like that this is not going to help the situation we're just going to gloss over that <laughs> yeah which was cool <laughs> when we come back to that in, in a second but he like just kept it to himself what is it oh nothing i just I found a flashlight. <laughs> so <laughs> right. <laughs> so they're at this point they're like, you know, we we need to get the hell out of here. So they're they're still trying to figure out what they're gonna do. We switch over to Seth. He comes running into town, trying to stop anybody he can. Help, help, there's this going on up at the mansion and nobody's listening, so he runs into the police department. First of all, wherever this town is, there's like nobody on the street. Maybe one or two right. one or two people and they just end up driving off. But for some reason, everybody, obviously it, was, it has to have been a weekend, Friday or Saturday night, everybody's at the police station. Because when he busts into the police station, it is wall-to-wall uh, of everybody with some kind of complaint, uh, people getting arrested and this and that. He comes running in, tries to tell them, hey, there's there's been murders up at the, what the hell was this, the Garth Manor. And they're like, ah, man, you, are you one of uh, Peter Bennett's boys? And He's like, yeah, and he goes, okay, if you tell him any of you guys come in here, you guys are going to get arrested and spend the night in jail. But nobody is listening to him. And he's like, come on. They go, you, one more word at me, we're putting you in jail. So he obviously like, oh, police are supposed to help you, but they're not going to help this guy. And this is another thing. I haven't been in too many police stations, but I'm pretty sure they're not going to leave their evidence rooms full of uh yeah, a whole arsenal on a table with a door wide open. <laughs> like he casually walked down the hallway, saw this door open, and like guns were out, and he's like, "Well, uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and take one of these," and then he walks out of the police department with it. <laughs> um, he grabs a shotgun, loads it, <laughs> puts the other shells in his pocket, and then just takes off. Uh, I don't know about him, but I would have grabbed whatever I could have held. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't look like there was any handguns. It looks like they were all rifles. I mean, but gun is a gun; it, it'll do its job. But shotgun, that—that's uh, it'll do the job. But when you got a shotgun, I don't know if you guys are shoot gun shooters. Um, if you're aiming to kill, you better be close because when those buckshots come out, they spread. So if you got if you're trying to shoot someone that's far away, you ain't killing them. <laughs> so, so but so he goes hauling ass back to uh, to the mansion. Uh, Jeff and Marty are still trying to figure out what's going on in there. And this this part kind of, it made me laugh, but then you're so scared earlier when they're trying to get out, you're not really thinking straight. He gets to the, he gets back. Who knows how far he had to run because he ran from the manor into town, all over town, then ran back. No, no, he stole a car from someone. There was right. A, there was a guy and he, pumped the hey get out and pointed the gun at him and he got in the car and hauled ass back over there uh but he gets there and he just kind of leaves the, the the car parked right at the gate and he kind of walks along trying to find a way in and he finds that there's one of the bars looked like it was cut and it was kind of pried over to the side so he was able to easily slide in so he he's walking around and he's not sure what's happening but he gets attacked uh, by some dark character you're not too sure who it is he's wrestling around with him and they kind of they get back up he he runs and he gets attacked again in front of the mansion on the stairs uh jeff turns or seth turns around pumps uh 
one uh, one round into him, he goes down, and then he pumps in another one. Then he falls uh, into the water. Uh, anytime me, I just okay. He's dead, and I would have ran off. But Seth, he was cool thinking. He goes, "Let me make sure this guy is dead." <laughs> he goes right. down and pulls him out of the out of the little pond uh, that it was in, and yeah, he's dead. Two shotgun shells into you. Yeah, you're dead. So, but when he looks at him, he's like, oh my God, this, um, I believe this was just, this is when we find out that there's actually two, two guys running right. around. Uh, Andrew is the main one, the, the big mongoloid looking one that his brother, I can't remember what his brother's name was. He, he just looked like he was an old man, but I, I don't know. He didn't look like he had uh, many deformity, deform, uh, deformities on his face, but Benjamin Button. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Benjamin is dad is down for the count, and uh, Jeff goes running into the house and, "Hey, I'm here! I'm here! Everyone, come out!" This is when Marty and, and Jeff come running out, and then uh, this is when Andrew comes running out of the darkness and and grabs uh, Seth and just pulls him uh, into a dark corner, and then you just hear a shotgun blast, and then a shotgun comes sliding out. We don't know what happened, so they're like, well, we got to get that gun. Um, did, no, they already went down into the uh, into the ba- into the basement because they were looking around for stuff. Because this is because the- yeah, I can't remember where that happened, but yeah, that, that must have been before this. I think they um, I think they were. Did they go outside? No, 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 no. I don't. Th- no, I think they. Somehow I can't remember how, but it doesn't have to do a big key of the part of the story. But they get down into the basement, and they're uh, they said earlier there's all kinds of tunnels and all kinds of underground stuff under the mansion. So they find a room that is uh, like a dining room. There's a big, huge dining room table. Uh, they find the body of Denise. She's laying there, and there's other bodies around the table, and they're all they're pretty much just old corpses. Uh, from what I understand, that was the um, Garth's the the Garth family, right? They, they were all just because he killed them all. Because when um, uh, Ramon Garth killed everyone, they were sitting at the uh, the dinner table. So they're like, "Oh my God!" So they're they're trying to get out of there, and this is when Andrew comes running in, and we see a good look at him, and his face is all kind of messed up he's got a big old bump on his head but he, he looks like a big giant dude so he's chasing them and they're running through these corridors and in, in these little caverns under the house and i really liked how they shot this film it's first person you see uh jeff and marty running and it's basically just a cameraman with a huge light on his camera because it's shining <laughs> the way through all this i really i like when they do those type of things when yeah whatever's chasing i think the I think the best person or the best film to uh, to to talk about a camera going after whoever was in. Um, it also came out this year uh, in 1981, uh, American Werewolf in London. Yeah, when uh, that guy gets off the train and then and then the wolf starts chasing him down the the subway tunnels. I thought that was awesome film work. It's obviously the film on a dolly getting pushed, but. Uh, I love when they do that in films like this, when you see that whatever's chasing you is behind you and they're running every direction and it's just the camera. Or even in um, The Shining, they did it as well in that. 
Yeah, and Evil Dead. Evil Dead did a great job of that. What I like about Evil Dead is the noise it made. Yeah. As it was coming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of Evil Dead, I noticed that you were watching uh, the remake the other night. Oh, man, I love that movie. I mean, I, I love the whole franchise, all those movies I love, but I needed like a gore fix last night. So I'm like, we put out some Evil Dead. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I need to watch that one again. I mean, when it first came out, I did not like it. There was just some things that happened in my life at that time that I was just trying to get my mind off of it. But um, I didn't like it for some reason. And I just like, oh, this movie was stupid. I hated it. I left the theater hating it. Uh, but a friend of mine, Jesse from uh, Blind Frankenstein from Horacopia. He was like, nah, dude, watch it again. Watch it again. He goes, I, I really think you'll like it. So I'm like, all right. I had it. I'm, I'm a completist. So I, I had the movie. So I threw it in. And man, that movie is awesome. Yeah. Seeing your videos and pictures that you put in them, I need to dig it out. Well, I know it's somewhere on my uh, shelf. I do like your setup, though, when you were like, what am I going to watch? Dude, you got i've been collecting for so long i had to get another smaller shelf because i ran out of space like i'm I'm out of space to hold on with my movies but i mean i i'm the same way as you though like completionist i had to have evil dead 2013 but oh the gore and the effects in that movie i know i know it's off topic but they are fucking awesome they really went overboard with the blood and that. But it, it oh, was, so good. It worked with that film. I don't think it would have worked with the this one. There actually isn't that many kills in this film. No. So but so uh they're running around and they get out uh they get to the to the staircase trying to to go up back into the mansion and uh, Andrew grabs uh Jeff and they start fighting and this is when Jeff hurts his ankle cuz he gets thrown down these stairs. And, uh, which was really cool. Oh no, this is this is how they got downstairs. Um, after uh, Jeff came back in the house, they were sitting in that room, and then in the background you see somebody coming up. Like you see the rug start to rise, and the, obviously somebody un- is under the rug coming in. And then Jeff stabs him with the pitchfork, and then when they he falls down, they they op- they move over the the rug, and we see that it's a trap door that goes down. Uh, under under the house and then that's when those two go down and and find everything oh yeah talking about it now i may remember so right <laughs> getting, getting back uh jeff's hurt he hurt his ankle and they're getting up this is when seth comes running in the house and he gets killed uh so the gun is laying there at the front door and marty's like well i'm gonna go down and get it because jeff obviously can't run move too good so she goes down and she tries to uh, get the shotgun. And this is when uh, the big giant Andrew comes jumping out of the darkness and ah, they go running upstairs. How did they get out of the house? <laughs> well, and you know, this scene that's coming up where it's, it's basically uh, Peter Barton and Linda Blair. They're like, all right, how are we going to get out of here? Oh, there's an open window. So um, I shouldn't call them Peter Barton and Linda Blair, should I? I should be calling them Marty and Seth. Jeff. So <laughs> Seth is like, or not Seth, it's Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Um, Jeff's like, all right, go through the window, you you get through. And Marty, she starts uh, 
climbing through. And that's when Andrew, the you know, the second killer, he picks up freaking Jeff and throws him out the window and kills him. And Marty has made her way up to the top of the of the mansion. Um, and at this point, this is when she like drops down, finds uh, Jeff and grabs the keys so she can get out of there. Because uh, earlier, Jeff, when he finds uh, Peter uh, hinged up against the, the little wall of the, the head right. space, he sees that he's holding keys. Oh, no, 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 no. She finds it. because when, Oh, she finds it. Yeah. Because she goes running, and she runs through the maze, and she finds uh, Peter laying there, and she's screaming, but she notices he's got the keys, so she pries it out of his hand. For um, some reason, I thought it was Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all over the place, everybody, but it's all right. Um, but uh, watching the extras when uh, Peter Barton was talking about it, he said the guy, the stuntman that picked him up, he said when he threw him, that was him getting thrown out of the window, but not the actual person that fell. He said he almost hit his head on the on the window frame as he was uh, throwing him in. You, yeah. could, you could clearly see his head came close. But Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that was a really good stunt. Usually, man, they go, all right, cut. Uh, bring in a body double and let me throw him out the window. Nah, man, he, he was like, you know what? I want to make this as, as close as uh, possible. So, yeah, just pick me up and I'm sure you just throw him outside onto a mattress. Or something, but uh, props to Peter Barton, man, for for doing that one little stunt. But he did other stunts <laughs> in this when he was fighting and everything. So uh, you didn't want him to die, but I yeah, that was a bummer. I w- that's the thing about this movie. Like, there's no one in this film that you know. I felt bad for every one of them, even though like the effects were cool. I was like, oh, that's a bummer. That was actually kind of a cool character, which is, is nice about this movie. There's a certain extent where you, where you care about the characters. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't want Seth to die. He was cool, man. He was the brave yeah. one to run all the way into town and then come running back to try to help his friends. And he ends up getting it. And then Peter Barton or, or Jeff, he is the lovable guy that, that that you want to be friends with, or you want him to take you to the to the prom or whatever. And then, well, at least it wasn't a bloody death. <laughs> See, he just got yeah. thrown out the window. Yeah. <laughs> but when uh, Marty comes running up to the front of the house, we see Jeff laying there, and he's also got a little trickle of blood uh, coming out of his mouth. Not much, but just a little stream. So she goes running, and this is one of the scenes earlier when I said that when I was watching uh, at the movies, uh, she goes running downstairs, and she sees the body of the first brother laying there uh, by that little uh, pond, and she screams and ah, and turns around. She looks up at the front door, and this is when the, the front doors of the magic come bursting open, and you see this mongoloid Andrew guy come running out, and she's ah, and then she goes, yeah. uh, she goes running down, and she's not sure. Uh, like she gets to the gate, like ah, what am I gonna do? So she gets there, but luckily she has the keys this time. So she opens up, goes through the gate, and quick thinking, me, I would have got once I would have got through that gate, I would have just got in that car and boom, boom, drove off. She ran through, looped up the chain again, locked it, and then jumped in the car and took off. Um, yeah, she was smart, like you know, and and quick thinking. This was another quick thing. Earlier in, in the film when uh, Jeff and Marty were just trying to get to know each other, she had men- mentioned she her father owned a uh, a car garage, and she had worked there uh, all through high school, so she learned a lot on how to repair cars. 
Yeah. So, this this came in handy. This me out of what car wouldn't start out. I ended up out of ran down the road. <laughs> so but, right. All right. I guess I'm running. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't in the best shape, man. But I still did my best and ran down the road. Um. So she jumps in the car. She's trying to start it up. I'm surprised the car even turned over or tr- almost turned over, still revving up because those lights were on. And I don't know how long those lights are on, especially those cars. And uh, it was obviously a 70s car. And that battery would have chewed up uh, all the lights. But, hey, it's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so she gets in. It's not It's not starting here. She's just trying to get out of there because she doesn't know uh, if Jeff's going to be there. Or not Jeff, but Andrew is going to be there. Uh, to kill her so she jumps out really quick pops open the hood i don't know what she did but she and how she i don't know i i would like to learn what she did to start the car from under the engine i don't know you hear some sparks and then the car kicked over so she jumps in she starts to take off and she thinks she's getting away and this is when andrew's on the roof of the car he comes like his head comes down ah she screams uh, it made me jump <laughs> when I first seen it, and I yeah, the audience. This is a fun scene, like you know, for for the limited budget that the film is, you know, there's like some fun stunts in here, and this, as you're explaining this, uh, you know, the the climax of the film, all of these, you know, set pieces here, they're so well choreographed and. It's uh, it, it's really fun watching this entire scene unfold. Yeah, I mean, it's for especially the stunt work. I mean, there was obviously a lot uh, of stunts in this film. I mean, you think you don't really think of, of stunts when you when you start talking about horror films, but um, other because usually most of the times they'll they'll throw just a dummy off a roof or or whatever. But I mean, these guys really did that. And props to the stuntmen that are to do what they do to throw themselves down the stairs or throw them uh, off of a car. I'm, I'm not tough enough to do that. Even in my younger ages, I, I don't think I could throw myself down the stairs. Yes. <laughs> I know it's insane what they, what they put their bodies through. I know just to entertain us. Um, so he's on the roof of the car. She's screaming. She backs up, throws the car in the reverse. It hits the fence. Or, or the gate, and if you guys remember, the gate has these little sharp little spear-type things on the top, so it kind of falls forward. So she turns around, she drives around, and he's still trying to get her, and uh, she somehow, when she screams, ah, she, the car just perfectly spins around to, to face the gate. So she punches it, hauls ass, and this is when uh, Andrew on the roof looks up, and you see him just get impaled by the fence, which was an awesome yeah. stunt. I really, yeah, I really like that. Especially, I mean, you obviously know it's a dummy that that gets impaled, but uh, it was cool. And going, and Linda back, Blair is a badass. Oh yeah, and going back to what I said earlier in the show, uh, watching at the movies that they showed the ending because shortly after that impalement, the movie's over. <laughs> so, right. And I was like, why did they show the ending in this? They didn't show the guy get impaled, but you you knew where it was going. Right. So um, obviously she know, okay, I'm safe now because uh, both of the killers are, are dead. So I was waiting for him to like spring into action and not be dead, to, to pull a Jason on us. and Well, this is before. Uh, the the hockey mask and everything. So, right. 
Um, and yeah, a lot of the horror films at this time, at least the slashers, um, besides Halloween, they were all just uh, one-off horror films that never, you know, did any sequels. They were just a one-and-done type of film. Yeah. So what what I liked about this is she just she knew she was safe and there was no no more danger anymore. She just basically just passes out. I'm sure she was already tired, exhausted from running for her life all night. She just passes out and then wakes up and it's morning. Uh, I was, when I was sitting there watching this the first time, I was hoping that she would get out of the car and he would be gone. But nope, he's still there. <laughs> so, Yeah, that would have been pretty cool to just be like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she she gets out and then starts uh, walking down the road. And I, I said this last night when I was watching it with my wife. I love, movies don't do this anymore. I love the freeze frame endings. Yeah. It just freezes and then the credits start rolling. I mean, I, I love that. I mean, they did it a lot in, in the 70s and into the 80s. And then I don't think many people do it anymore. I don't know. Yeah, and you and you feel like this, uh, you know, conclusion. Like you've that the film is done, and you've closed the book on that movie. It's it's not like what a lot of films and, and horror films do today, where they try to franchise it. It's it's nice to have that kind of definitive ending. Yeah, I mean that's what was cool about about this. I mean, yes, they could have probably made ten more after this. I mean, Hell Night two, ten and twelve. But, I mean, it's good. I mean, especially in, in the early 80s of these type of films, these horror films. I mean, they, they would, like you said, they were just one and done. Like, um, The Burning could have went. Right. I mean, that also came out in in 81. That, that could have went on and on. My um, Bloody Valentine could have easily as well. <laughs> um, that one actually ended with, like, it could continue. But I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad they never did. Oh yeah. So I mean, but Hell Night, it's an awesome film. It it was on YouTube for a while, but I think uh, someone found it and got it taken off. But uh, it's on Shutter. That's where I. I mean, I think yeah, it's on Shutter and uh, streaming now. Yeah, it's streaming on Shutter and as well as Amazon. So if you have one of those, uh, definitely check this film out. If you haven't seen it in a while, I mean, it's a good one to throw on, especially uh, in the month of October, if you just want to watch something. Uh, horrifying i mean again this there's, there's not a lot there's no sex there's no nudity just limited amounts of blood but awesome kills awesome effects um we talked a lot about uh cinematography and lighting i mean this film they really did a good job making it. it's good to see a young uh cute little linda blair and a, a handsome uh, peter barton uh, <laughs> yeah. running around on the screen um, <laughs> i said this yeah to my, said this to my wife last night i love his hair Yes, it is so perfect. The entire film, it's always like perfectly quaffed. Yeah, I mean, no matter what, man, him fighting and running for his life, his hair was still uh, nicely feathered. And everything. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that's Peter Barton for you. It always looks good. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, he, this man is aged well. He's still a good-looking man. Uh, I'm not too sure on what. Uh, he is done, but um, I was my wife kind of hit me to some show. I don't know what we were watching. She had mentioned it, but um, I can't remember. Maybe a few years back, uh, this uh, one gentleman. I guess he was obviously rich, and he passed away, and uh, he didn't really have 
anyone to leave his money to because I don't think he had a family. But um, he loved the acting of Peter Barton and um, Kevin Brophy, the guy that played Peter Bennett, the the, um, the fraternity president. Right. He willed them money. Wow. I guess this guy gave some money to charity or whoever, but he listed those two guys and they um, obviously weren't in, in any connection. And when they, they knew each other, I'm sure they, if they saw each other, they were, Hey, what's up? But they didn't, there were no connection. Uh, they didn't call each other or anything, but um, this guy brought the, after he passed and, and willed them this money, I can't remember. It was a lot of money for both of them. I can't remember how much, but they, uh, they got, back together uh because of this gentleman that passed away and left them all kinds of money he from what i understand he loved their acting Mm -hmm. um and i believe this is the only thing i think i could be wrong um but this was probably the only thing that they had worked together in i mean they both did a lot of movies and they both did a lot of tv but um that's it it was weird i mean that was something weird about just some guy you don't know uh is, is gonna leave you some money uh, right especially to two actors right. that, that, i mean even if i was a jillionaire uh i don't know i don't know any any actors that i love i mean i love a lot of actors but i, I don't know if i'd be i don't love them that much to hear i'm gonna give you some money <laughs> right <laughs> but i mean it, that, that was a cool little story it was just a little side note uh, of this for something else but hell night's an awesome film again it's streaming on shutter as well as amazon but before we get out of here, I am looking at a list. Uh, I'm sure this isn't every uh, movie. A lot of horror, good horror films in the theater that came out in uh, 1981. I'm just going to run down this list um, in no particular order. This is not um, months as it came out. But the first one is, the, of course, a lot of these are classics. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the first, uh, The Evil Dead, amazing film. Uh, American Wolf in London. I really love that. Uh, the Howling. Which, uh, I actually covered American Wolf in London last year, and I covered uh, The Howling this year. Um, love my, The Howling. Oh, awesome film. Uh, my Bloody Valentine. Uh, I love that movie just as, just as much. Yeah. Uh, we got the second uh, Halloween 2. That came out. I, mean, I love that one as well. I've been kind of in the mood to watch that one. This one, I know a lot of people do like it, but I was never really a big fan of it. And this is the Fun House. You seen that one? Yeah, me either. I'm not. I don't. I don't really see what the were. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't own it. I mean, I, my 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 buddy does. Oh, the movie's awesome. I saw it when it came out, and I was never really blown away. And then I watched it again recently, and I'm like, I left with the same feeling. Like I don't. I own a lot of movies. I don't need to own this one. I never really cared for it. Yeah. Uh, the Burning, awesome film. I Classic. Did, I didn't see this one in the theater. I saw this one actually on Showtime, and uh, it was an amazing film. And it was banned for a long time. There wasn't mm-hmm. there. It was on VHS, but it was never. They never never got a blue, uh, not Blu-ray, a DVD release for a long time here in the states. Uh, but it's uh, it's also on blue. It's on DVD as well as Blu-ray. Shout Factory put it out. Um, this this one, this next one, I was never really a fan of this one either. This was happy birthday to me. I love that movie. I I, there, I don't know what it is, but that I think it's that like between this and Graduation Day, like I love both of those films. 
See, the poster, when we're talking about posters, I'm like, oh, this looks awesome. Let's go see yeah. it. The poster looks awesome. It's just happy birthday to me. You see this guy with the uh, shish, shish kebab getting ready to get stabbed through the back of his head or through yeah. his mouth and, and come out. It looks awesome and it looks scary. And I remember um, when it came out and seeing the poster, like, oh, it's going to be awesome. Then we went and saw it and I left the theater like, eh. <laughs> so, uh, Hell Night, of course, we just talked about that. Another film that came out in 1981 was The Beyond. Oh, yeah, Fulci. That's an awesome movie. I love Fulci and I love his films, but I have to be in the mood to sit there and watch them. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a specific type type of style he does. It's it's it, it feels like a lot slower than Argento. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones that you got to really sit there and pay attention to. It's, yeah, it's not like Friday Thirteen. You can just throw it on, and if you get up to go do something else or look at your phone, uh, you're not going to miss a key part of the film. But right, speaking of Friday Thirteenth, we get we got the second one, Friday Thirteenth Part Two. Uh, this next one, oh, awesome film. Uh, scanners i love that yeah <laughs> um house by the cemetery i've seen that a few times i don't really remember it i, I actually haven't seen that one yet it's on my list though uh this is one it was streaming on uh hulu last year because we had covered it um this is a movie called, um what's his face uh west craven uh deadly blessing have you seen that I haven't seen that one yet. It's on my list as well. Uh, check it out, dude. It, it's good. I mean, uh, Shout Factory or Scream Factory, whatever you want to call it, uh, they put out a good one. Uh, it, it, dude, I think it, I think you would like it. If you just see it somewhere, just pick it up. All right, right on. Uh, the next one, uh, I can take it or leave it, but it, but it, it is what it is, especially for the 80s. This is a Wolfen. Uh, I like that. Never one. seen that one. I haven't it, seen that one either. It's cool. This is one I've never seen. Have you seen Cannibal Ferox? No, but I've like I've scrolled through it on uh, Amazon a few times. Yeah, I have too, but I, I think it's on um, Shutter as well. I've never uh, sat down to watch. I think after the disappointment of Cannibal uh, Holocaust, I just man. right. <laughs> I know that's a classic film, and everybody loves it. I it was, I don't either. It was sold either. to me, or it, like it was, or it was hyped up to me so much, and when I finally seen it. I was like, that's it? Yeah, well, for me, it's the, it's, you know, killing real animals on screen. It's like, oh, come on. Like, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah that, uh, there was no need for that. <laughs> that poor turtle. Um, I can understand the turtle thing. I mean, just mainly, they didn't just kill it to kill it, like with the pig when they just shot it with a shotgun. I mean, they ate the pig. I, I don't know. I But I know, everyone, I don't want to get into a big old. Uh, animal rights thing. yeah i i understand when people a lot of people say they can't watch it because of the animal cruelty which i totally understand uh this next one i love this film it was an amazing film when i seen it first time in the theater i have it on blu-ray i have it on dvd i had the vhs somewhere and this is uh, the clint howard uh classic evil speak have you seen that one never heard of that watch it dude it is amazing it's total 80s cheese and if you love clint howard this is the definitive clint okay. howard. it's it's amazing they just i'll have to check it out just get past the cheesy effects and what's happening <laughs> in it but it's an awesome film i love it uh the prowler uh it's cool i, I can, yeah i can I appreciate like what it is um ghost story 
it, that one was sold to me too high. I mean, it's a good movie. I mean, I understand there's a lot of legendary actors in it, but it wasn't like I didn't leave the theater like, oh my god, that was so scary. It was, you know, it was okay. Um, this one I didn't really care for. I love the first two, and this is Omen Three, uh, the final conflict. Yeah, never seen that. Yeah, you're not missing anything. If you see, if you've seen the first two, you're fine. Right. <laughs> uh, next one, uh, burial ground. I haven't seen that in a long time. Oh my god, it's it's so bad. It's so bad. But there's, it's like a train wreck when you're watching it, and it a lot of it just feels wrong. <laughs> it just feels wrong. There's a Severin release of it. I did a blind purchase of that, and it. Between that and Shocking Dark, I I don't even I don't even know where to begin. Uh, you're braver than me because I I, <laughs> no, I I seen it, but it, it didn't leave an imprint on me. Like, oh my god, this is an awesome film. So I think that's why I never. Oh, it's bad. I mean, no, it's a bad movie, but it's kind of bad in a way where you got to invite your friends over and laugh at it. Yeah. Okay. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Final exam. That one's cool. It wasn't what it was. Early '80s slasher. The guy with the bowl cut. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the bowl cut killer. Piranha 2, the the spawning. I did not like that one. Never even heard of that. It, the first one's amazing. Uh, it's an awesome. Student bodies, it's... Mm. Take it or leave it. Uh, let me see. Blood Beach. It's cheesy, but I loved it. And it did. It did make me. I mean, other than jaw scared the hell out of me to go into the water. Blood Beach made me <laughs> not want to walk on the sand. I have that on VHS. <laughs> oh, awesome. I, I think that's the only way you can. I don't think it's on Blu-ray yet. Yeah, you can't. Uh, it's only available on on VHS. Uh, the Boogins. <sighs> Never seen that. I seen it. I don't really remember it. Um, let me see. I'm just hitting the main ones. Um. Oh, this one I love. Uh, and some people have never heard of this film. Have you heard of Fear No Evil? I have, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, I have a copy somewhere around here. My buddy had it. and He just uh, burned me a copy. But uh, that was a film uh, also on uh, at the movies that they hated it. And uh, it, what they showed got me hyped up to go see it. So I, I ended up seeing it, and I really enjoyed that film. That one was more a... Uh, uh, devil type of thing he was the the son of satan and mm. just him uh going to high school and everything and then all this craziness happens uh it, it is cheesy with that with that cheesy 80s effects but i really enjoyed this film I, I loved it um that's just some of the main ones there's a ton of other uh ones that probably if it wasn't a theater it just didn't get uh, that big uh of a release but um the 80s man it's i always defend the 80s of like if it wasn't for us uh 80s horrors we wouldn't have what you have today so but yeah especially when it comes to slashers yep i mean they still put out slashers there is some good ones and there's some that aren't so good but um yeah you can't take away uh what you got uh from now as well as the 80s for for you younger listeners do um, if if we're selling this to uh, selling this good for you to check it out, it is worth it. And or just go through, uh, type in '80s horrors and just go down the list. And, uh, and you know what? What's a what's a great book? It's one that 
I was actually flipping through while we were talking is uh, the Teenage Slasher movie book. I have not heard of that. It's it's great. There's a second uh, revised version, which is you know a, a lot cheaper than the older version. Um, but this is like it covers every slasher imaginable. Um, you know, from the from the early days to um, you know your more modern slashers, and it goes into box office numbers and how the films were made, and you know all these kind of you know the different resurgence throughout slashers and giallo all that stuff it's a fantastic book i typed in teenager and then for some reason turtles <laughs> yeah it's the it's the teenage uh slasher movie book by j.a Kurswell. okay let me see what pops up i think because i just typed in slash slasher and teenage and then uh okay here's ooh, that's a sweet cover yeah, it's an awesome book. I love this book. And I I mean, trust me, I'm not sponsored by this book. That's not why I'm <laughs> I'm plugging it so much. But it's like if you're if you're a slasher fan and you want to just have like a, a a book you can pick up and flip through if you're trying to like get a little tidbit about a specific movie, there's really cool info in here about every single slasher. Is it like a book book or is it like pictures and everything? Oh, I mean, it's like there's pictures and everything. It's like a, yeah, there's like posters and different movie art and, uh, you know, just all this kind of stuff, which is awesome. Like a lot of those, you know, the the VHS covers, uh, they show all that kind of artwork and they just go through the history of slashers. Oh, well, cool, man. I, yeah. I haven't bought a book in years. I think the last book I bought was that Friday the 13th of Crystal Lake uh, memoirs. That was the last book I bought, but... um. <laughs> I love uh, slasher films, and uh, especially of the 80s. Dude, this this looks awesome. I'm just reading. Uh, other than what you said, I'm reading what else they got in it. Uh, it's not that expensive. No, yeah. The, the second uh, the second and expanded edition is uh, the one that I got, and it was a lot cheaper than the, the first edition. Oh, okay. I see it as low as 10 bucks. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, definitely, dude. I'm going to have to check uh, this book out and Hey, Des, man, thank you so much for uh, coming on, dude. It's always good to talk to you about stuff we love, man. Yeah, man, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, everyone, again, like I said earlier in the film, do or earlier in the film, earlier in the show, uh, check out Desmond Desmond's Flicks on YouTube and uh, subscribe there. Leave a comment. Uh, also check out Desmond's Flicks, the podcast, and uh, everything does. And follow. What, what's your handle on Instagram? Yeah, um, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is Desmond Flicks. Cool, right on, buddy. Dude, thank you so much, man. I absolutely, man. Thank you, you for having me. You were the reason why I picked this movie for, for us to do because you had posted something about. Oh, I love this <laughs> film. And I was like, man, yeah. I hadn't seen this in a while, so it was always cool to uh, to get you on on the show, dude. Hey, thank you so much, man. And again, thank you for letting me come on the. Uh, your show and talking about Friday the 13th. Oh man, anytime. I, w- I was thinking about you as I was uh, putting together my uh, my Christmas uh, uh, episode. So we'll have to see uh, if you can come on for some Christmas movies. Oh, definitely. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> all right, everyone. That is going to be it for this one. Uh, we went uh, way over than I wanted to, but it's all right, man. It's awesome. Just awesome to have you on the show, Des. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. 
All right, everybody. Again, listen to Desmond's Flicks uh, podcast as well as subscribe to the YouTube channel. And that's going to be it this episode. Thank you all for listening. If you haven't, if you're coming on now, you still got uh, a ton of episodes uh, that popped out uh, earlier this month. So do check out uh, everything else. And for all you Anchor subscribers, thank you so much for listening over there as well. I'm a little backed up. I need to get to... Uh, I think two episodes I haven't put on Anchor yet, but regular regular network, you guys know I was going back and forth uh, on this. So, everyone, thank you so much for listening, and uh, once again, Des, thank you so much, brother. Thank you. All right. I will be back tomorrow with something else. Everyone stay creepy and party on. <laughs>